0: science is the revolution hello everybody and welcome back to the weird science marvel comics podcast episode 22 that is legacy numbering 522 i'm here as always to begin things and pretty much the bulk of the podcast with my man matt what up matt what up jim what up man you are going to be doing uh three issues here we obviously have a really big one and then i believe that Zach will show up for his love of Declan Shelby And the alien deal nice. that he likes doing But that'll be our spotlight for this week But of course the big play is going to be Ultimate Black Panther And after you ended up having Ultimate Spider-Man Which me you both really, really enjoyed uh-huh. uh People were more excited All of a sudden people were like, oh my god And I love when you do get something that comes out it The other thing that happened recently that I think this happened with was the Transformers stuff and the G.I. Joe stuff uh, where people are like, oh, my God, I haven't bought a comic in a while, but I'm checking this out. They check it out. They want to know what else can I read and things like that. So when people did read The Ultimate Spider-Man, they got excited and asked me and other people, hey, what else is coming out? What else is going on? And of course, you're going to push them to the other ultimate stuff, even though I was worried. Because you have Spider-Man, now we have Black Panther. Obviously, I didn't know how it was going to be or how it was Uh going to play out. One of the things we were worried about was that each step of the way, we were just going to get, you know, those balls from Tony Stark. Hey, here's how you get your powers and things. Of Hey, I don't know what's going on. And even just going forward from this, the idea of the ultimate X-Men with Peach Momoko seems like that might be a little niche for some people. But we were looking forward to... Black Panther book and before we get into the full review I will tell everybody rest assured that me and you really like it we actually oh, like definitely. it a lot and like it in a, a different way maybe than we like the ultimate Spider-Man but it might actually be a better way but we'll get to that in a second before we do let me remind everybody that they can go over and find us on Twitter at Weird Science DC follow us we'll follow you back also check out our website weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com. Check out our YouTube channel where we have a bunch of Marvel reviews as well as DC stuff and other things as well over at, I guess it is Weird Science Comics there. And then finally, go and check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science, where you can help us out for everything we do, get exclusive things, early access. This podcast, the Marvel podcast, comes out like five days early. comes out real early, so you can go get early access, and like I said, exclusive stuff as well. All of those links will be in the show notes, but we will kick into this with, as we said, the big book of the week, Ultimate Black Panther Number 1, written by Brian Hill, art by Stefano Caselli, colors by David Coriel, letters by VC's Corey Petit. So jumping into this, we had no idea how they were going to play this out. The maker ended up taking away the heroes but what does that mean to the king of wakanda mm-hmm. it's weird uh, people have mentioned to me well what would that mean to say a thor who's a god you know you can squash a spider but how do you squash wakanda well what it seems that they have done is kind of put them under the the heel or maybe kind of being controlled by what ends up being raw And Conchu, and of course you hear Conchu, And you think of Moon Knight, Moon Knight's name is spelled out We don't know exactly what is fully going on But how we start this off is you're in West Africa You have some guys working uh, in the mines, it looks like And they just get attacked by this army of what looks like robot cyborgs Being led by Conchu and Ra, two, they say, brothers in black and white suits Pretty cool visual we don't really yeah. know exactly what that means fully. I mean, you were discussing it before we started, you know, wondering what is happening, how this is going. But I think we have to kind of lay low and, and wait to see what is going on. But I liked it. It's they're, one of those where when you get this ultimate stuff, especially after the Spider Man, you do end up, you want to see oh, who's going to pop up, how are they going to pop up, but also trying to figure out this overall mystery. But as I alluded They're pretty bad. To, I
1: mean, they come in there and they vaporize these guys. So it's. And they're completely innocent.
0: At one point later, we can't figure out, but we think that they are mad that a kid's playing soccer. (laughs) I mean, to kill a kid is crazy, right? So you you have that craziness there. And yeah, pretty evil. That's a great way to set up an evilness and what you're going to play off is Wakanda in this in the ultimate deal. They have This is Wakanda with the sealed borders. They don't want to get involved in the outside deal, but The outside troubles are going to find their way inside of Wakanda to force the hand. I don't really know why you would do that, why you want to poke Wakanda the way that they seem to be doing it. But we'll have to see. But what I said earlier and what I meant by it, I mean, you were both talking how much we like the idea. If you say you you read the ultimate Spider-Man and most people liked it, but maybe Mm -hmm. you're like, well, I don't really understand what's going on. They're talking about this maker stuff. I don't really get it. Oh, I I kind of was left behind a little. That's not here. Like this really, to me, just, and you said it, it feels just like a Black Panther issue. It just feels like a cool Black Panther issue. It feels a lot like what would be in the movie, uh, you know, realm of things. Yeah, which it's just- very
1: cinematic how they do things in this.
0: I don't think that you really need to know that much going in if you know, if you have a basic concept of Wakanda, T'Challa. If
1: if anybody's watched the movie or both movies, they would have no no problem with this at all.
0: And what I said to you after reading it, I I actually realized because I started mainly reading Marvel in 2018 with the fresh start. Fresh start. That whole deal. And since then, there hasn't been a really great Black Panther book. Not at all. Book, not at all. Again, it was funny because when I started, and I spelled it out back then, I've said it a lot of times since. I started the whole podcast because that forces me. I wanted to read more Marvel. So I'm like, okay, if I say I'm going to do a podcast, I'll have to. And I did catch up on things, and I read a bunch of stuff going. But really, what I wanted to do was read and review Spider-Man, read and review, say, you know, Fantastic Four. Captain America. The word, Captain America was a big one, Fantastic Four, and Black Panther was a big one. I didn't like any, like, it really was a struggle. Like, Avengers, that was the Jason Aaron stuff that I didn't like. The Cap stuff with Tennessee Coates and the Black Panther in space, not really into it. So, we're finally getting, it took years and years, but finally, I'm actually getting some of these books coming through, you know, finally. And I think that this is one of the better issues of Black Panther I've read that has come out. While I'm reading it I'm not saying this is a Best of all time not, You know what I mean I'm not saying this is yeah. better than Christopher Priest stuff or any I'm saying that sitting here as it comes out Reading and reviewing it I think that This is probably my favorite Black Panther Issue since I started reading And doing with podcasts you on with Marvel it's really good Mm -hmm. And I think that the best part of it is by the end, I sat there and I'm like, you really just got started. Like, it's really good, but it feels like it could be even bigger and better going forward. So I I am excited. But you see this village just gets slaughtered, people rounded up, and you do end up seeing a couple guys in the, you know, in the trees watching this. We find out they're spies. I actually thought this might be. T'Challa. I mm-hmm. thought maybe because we don't know what's going on. I thought maybe Wakanda isn't quite what it is. Maybe his dad is still in charge or something. Yeah, something like that. But these are actually spies. And then we do go to Wakanda and we get to see T'Challa. T'Challa is the king of Wakanda. So that's set. He's married to Okoye, who is the queen. So you have that. You're like, oh, that's cool. Separate beds. Oh, I do. No, I like that kind of. It, it gets feels them, like it's you like old room, school you know? sitcom, yeah. right? <laughs> what they should have is you need another bed the get busy bed. Yeah, you right know what I mean? Or do they sit there and like, hey, you want to come over to my bed tonight? Like you need something because it is where they have two pillows. Two giant so, beds. You know, like, holy moly. But yeah, they are separated. <laughs> Just reminded me <laughs> of what is this? Leave it to Beaver? Leave yeah. it to what? All those old sitcoms. Yeah, so you end up where T'Challa, who's... Bill, when he gets up and looks over what kind of he's having nightmares, he's trying to figure out what this is. And again, the cool things of things popping up, like a Koye there as the queen. And then you find out very quickly because T'Challa goes to talk about these nightmares with his father. His father's alive. Like, oh, that's cool. T'Chaka's there. And he was former king. He stepped down. Now T'Challa's king, but he obviously goes to his father for advice. And the big advice is to go talk to the voodoo con, who is like the idea of the spiritual magic kind of voodoo type deal, uh, which fits the name. And T'Challa doesn't like it. He says, I don't like them almost like, hey, I don't like to talk to them witches. What up, witches? But he, he wants to figure out things more in a realistic type of way and seems to want to maybe push away from those sort of traditions. But he does go to talk to them. And again, a lot of this stuff is just like setting up things. He does go to talk to and goes to the temple of Voodoo Khan just to say, hey, I've been having these dreams and you have what is matron Amala. And I say, you, you got to be wary of this. You got to come talk to us. We can counsel you. And he's kind of like wary of that. Mm-hmm. But they set up this whole deal of the Voodoo Khan. Is, you don't really get the idea that they're like. On the up and up fully like you're Wary of them and maybe this is part Of this yeah kind of like mystery. if you buy
1: into Them fully they kind of control you in Some kind of way yeah
0: and he doesn't want to do that So no. when we do get to The end and we talk about Moon night slash Ross Slash you know the whole deal Conchu this might be part Of the manipulation for them I like this you, you end up very quickly But pretty good set up some Intrigue some political Kind of stuff but to me why I like it, it's comic book political stuff. And people will argue about politics being in comics all the time. I agree, they have been. But I like comic booky politics that makes sense for that thing. I don't need, you know, rip from the pages of the front news now for Wakanda. I like this. I thought that it played out.
1: Yeah, and also, they make they make T'Challa seem very intelligent and also, you know, he's skeptical about things. He'll listen to you, but he's going to form his own opinions. It's pretty good. It's very well There's written, a line coming
0: up that we like. and Oh, yeah. What Brian Hill does, like you said, he, he's a smart guy, uh-huh. but he knows he's king and he's going to listen to people. He, he taught, you know, his dad's giving him advice, telling him what to do and T'Challa He doesn't, oh, yes, father, you know, that. He's like, you know, I'm king. (laughs) He says it later. He says, I'm king, but you're still my father. So I'm always going to listen to you. And he's going to take advice from him. And he's smart enough to go to the voodoo con to maybe see what they can tell him. But it's not like he's going to go 100% in with it. He, like you said, he's skeptical, but he's smart enough to get people's advice. But he's not going to form... Any opinion based on just one person. Nope. And I like that. And mm-hmm. it comes into play coming up in a thing that's <laughs> yeah. funny. Two, two times, I think, because one actually he throws back at Shuri, but all this going on, and you do understand at that point that Wakanda, their borders are sealed. It's at that kind of tipping point. Should we open the borders? Should we check things? It seems like as we go that Shuri kind of wants to open them up and see what's going on outside more, but T'Challa doesn't know yet. And when we go to the deal, some people, classic people, are going to take advantage of the idea that Wakanda looks like they're afraid or looks like they don't want to help anybody, but its it seems a little different than how it really is. But mm-hmm. what happens is those spies that like we saw at the beginning, they come to tell T'Challa what they saw. We ended up seeing this army. They end up ripping through villages. They're killing people. And then they start to—it's so funny—they start to say what they think T'Challa should do. T'Challa looks and is like, "Hey, <laughs> thank you, but yeah, I don't need to take yeah, advice like, from you."
1: Yeah, I, I take information from spies, but not strategy. You are dismissed, Sayonara, and and dismisses them. Yeah, you're you're spies. You're not like a tactician or something. You're just a strategist. You're I like a spy. what he
0: says. Yeah, I don't need strategy. From you. And. <laughs> they leave i like too. like i think brian hill gets the whole play because shuri is upset at what t'challa just did but she waits for those guys to leave she's not gonna say it while they're there to make the king look bad even if it is just her brother these guys leave and then she says you know those guys and she it makes it seem like shuri is more of the the, the girl of the people because while well, t'challa is just like hey i don't need strategy from spies she actually mentions them by name Mm -hmm. and says "Foxel and anon would die for you they would not lie and t'challa just says who said that i thought they were lying i believe what they said i just don't need them to tell me what to do i'm king and then even a little bit later she says father would do this and he says well i'm the king father isn't and has to remind her and it, it does play off because when shuri goes off then Seems like she might be a bit of a loose cannon. Yeah, a little bit, which is good. It's fine. I like Shuri a lot, one of my favorite characters. I don't know. I'm getting a weird play with her here that she might end up overstepping some boundaries and might cause some problems, even if she doesn't mean to, Mm -hmm. uh, because of all the things going on. Depends on what her relationship is with, uh, what's his name at the end there? Yeah, yeah. Killmonger and stuff. And we'll go with that, because what ends up happening again is that T'Challa is... He's worried because he's having nightmares that things are going bad. And you could go with these nightmares, even playing off the idea that this world was kind of manipulated and made by the maker. And you have that maybe play because you have that spiritual part of T'Challa maybe think, but also he's probably aware things are going bad. He's going to have to act, but how does he do this? How does he go? And yeah, this whole play though is that it seems like there is a bunch of people in the Kingdom of Wakanda and people have their own Ideas and that's where I get worried I get worried with Shuri And and with all that because When she goes off she goes right To Abani the captain of arms Of the Dora Milaje and they Kind of always want to get Things done and they're kind of just Standing there and, and Shuri has To like assure listen you know we Want to stop our enemies we want to do This but we can't overstep our bounds And so we'll see how that plays out But We Mm -hmm. then go off to get where... At this point, I liked it. Like, I was enjoying the characterizations of the characters. It's kind of cool to see what's different. Then it picks up. And it's so crazy because Killmonger showing up, I think, really, like, it makes it it that much better, right? Because you see these soldiers we saw at the beginning... And they are going, and we talked about it earlier, the idea that this poor kid's just playing soccer and they're going to kill him. It's not even like they, like, push past him to kill everybody else in this village. They just are going to... They're taking everybody out. And they are, you know, they say in our master's name, fire. This kid falls down to his knees. He's crying. And then you get, like, a splatter of blood. And then you pull out and Killmonger has destroyed every one of them. He looks awesome. You know, right away, it's Killmonger like, oh, my God, that's great. And you end up, Killmonger says, hide more coming. This kid goes and you end up having this, you know, big spaceship like thing coming down to attack Killmonger. And he says, my love, bless them. And all of a sudden you get lightning that just rips through this deal. And I'm mm-hmm. like, OK, right away, you have to think storm I right it away, right? Yeah, You're like, yeah. oh, my God, storm. But it's funny because usually and I'll admit. When I saw Koye was married to T'Challa, I actually thought, "Wait, I wonder what Storm's going to think of this." And then you have her seemingly with Killmonger as Wind Rider, which is a cool little callback to a story where Kitty Pride ended up having like a make-believe subconscious story in her head where Storm was Wind Rider. And the idea of that was that any story you come up with ends up bringing characters to life and other dimensions and else worlds type things. So it's kind of a neat little play. You don't really see exactly. No, it's just a silhouette.
1: And then, you know, it's, I
0: mean, I think it is. And it's kind of a cool play that, you know, what's different, what's not. She
1: could be still pretty raw. I mean, she could be coming from uh, Egypt, I guess is where she's from and Africa. So. Well,
0: remember that's the thing that I like the idea where storm without the X-Men because the X-Men are going to be different because god. of what Happens. to was goddess. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. There you go. Like, people were asking Well, what about Thor? What These Heroes and whatnot, doesn't Mean they're heroes, but they still would have The same type of power And the same type of Yeah, you can't here, really so stop A mutant from uh, developing, I don't think it, You just stop the X-Men from uh-huh. But we also, we have the X-Men coming up But it's going to be a little different, so without The Charles Xavier school and that Sort of X-Men, you have a storm That looks like, just as what he is here, we'll see Like I said, we might end up where it's a big twist And we look like idiots, but that's what it seems But Killmonger going around With Storm to protect People from Ra and and uh, Kanchu Pretty neat, and mm-hmm. even says To the people of this village, they just saved The village, we already saw a village just Get ripped apart, and so they say Listen, people of the village, we are here To protect you, your gods And hidden kingdoms will not And Yeah. So the saying, everything with Wakanda, they're, they're nonsense. We're here. And wouldn't you end up, you know, going with the people who are actually going to go out and try to help you and protect you? So it's a really cool play. And that picked up for me the entire book. Like I was like, okay, this is cool.
1: It's an interesting take on Killmonger. You know, he goes off to the US, I guess, and gets, does his thing and then comes back. But this is like he's
0: just staying in in Africa, protecting Africa, which is cool. What I said about the Spider-Man stuff but more for this feels that play it is like the alt history like if this went like you have that all the time what if the south won the civil war yeah and then you work from there you know one of the biggest things is what if the germans won world war ii that's always like a huge one Classic. the Civil war is yep. too but when you do that you know some people are able to work that out that everything like makes sense and this feels like That's what we're getting. What would happen if the maker manipulated things? These people would still be there. But what would Mm -hmm. they do? And it feels like so far it has that like intrigue of, oh, man, that's pretty cool. I think I get that more here than I did from the ultimate Spider-Man, which is just. But even then we said, like, what happens where J. Jonah Jameson didn't have the menace Spider-Man? What would he end up doing? Or how did Uncle Ben survive? Because, well, Spider-Man wasn't there and all that, you know. So it's a really neat twist, and that's the stuff that I'm interested in. But it works out even more here because it is Wakanda and Black Panther, how things go. And Wakanda itself and Black Panther don't seem that much different. So it's going to be more of the world around them and what they mean to it. So I really like it. But then you end up having the celebration of life. The issue, we, the
1: issue didn't finish here because the sure, sure was good enough. But then they do another scene on top of this. It
0: really is. I mean, you could have. If you <laughs> ended up like having a more of a spread page of you know of Windrider and Killmonger, I'd be like, oh, man, that's awesome. But then we even go further. And I wish that we didn't end. <laughs> You have, there's T'Challa. He's addressing the nation. You have his father behind him in a ceremonial deal. He's on a throne, but it's that ceremonial deal of a former king. And you have like an attendant there with them. And of course, you know, you can't have everything and eat your cake too here. Yeah. You have it that this attendant is there. Why aren't they checking this attendant? I don't know. Because she ends up, it's a suicide bomber. (laughs) Check what's under the hood. Why is she up there? don't know. Seems like she might have been like there to make sure that T'Chaka was on They should know. have had her
1: like, in a scene before hanging out. Being, they were talking to her Just or have her be
0: know. that full attendant because T'Chaka's so old. That's his nurse or something. Mm-hmm. Just spell it out because they don't seem to have checked anything here. But is it a play where I mean, we could talk all... Is it that they think they're so safe with the borders closed that there couldn't possibly be a suicide bomber that would be right there? But please, you got to check things. So he's addressing the nation and he's already talked about the idea that he is worried that, you know, there might be conflict and he, he doesn't want to even think that people are against him. There's that little tension. It is going on. But a suicide bomber right there on the platform with him and his dad. And reveals it and says for Ra for Kanchu. And yeah, his dad though, dad's a hero. Yeah, I mean his dad leaps reaction. leaps out of that throne and pushes T'Challa off the platform as it blows up and as he is falling. it it sucks. I wanted his dad to stay that it almost feels like you don't need the dad to die, but it is a you know a big thing.
1: I, I kinda want him to stick around, but he always dies. It's it's Yeah,
0: you does. Well, again that it feels like a Well, Uncle Ben always dies, but if he doesn't, then, yeah, that that may die. We have that in the ultimate deal. So, I get it. You see him alive, you're happy, but then he dies. But, yeah, when he falls down and he turns into Black Panther as he's falling with the... uh, It's awesome. I mean,
1: imagine falling from that and looking up and seeing that explosion, how crazy that is.
0: And he sees, and then you see his dad's burning body. I mean, if you really want to be sure that he's dead, you see that he's dead. So... What I do like, too, though, is, is that if you didn't have this, you might start wondering, like, well, what is the Black Panther in this whole deal? I mean, just seeing him in armor going down or his suit and there he is and says, you know, our enemy calls themselves Moon Knight. Wakanda is at war, but him as he's there as Black Panther, you're like, OK, that's cool. That's awesome. So it is a good ending. It's just it is a shame. That you do have to have T'Chaka die But it works, that's what you get And also, in a universe That doesn't quite have these superheroes You are getting You know, some little bits of these Like, you know, origin stories Here's T- here's T'Challa, who now is Going to just all-out war on Moon Knight Because his dad just got killed That is a, you know, a superhero Origin-type deal, and it's being done here In real yeah, yeah. time, so I thought that that was really Cool, and you- then the thing is, when you look at the next cover, I'm like, oh, crap. It's like Shuri and, and T'Challa already fighting what looks like Ra and Concho. I'm like, boy, that, this might And the maker quick, is watching right? in the background. Yeah, and the too. maker watching like crazy. Uh, so we'll see what that means. I liked it. I liked it a lot. <laughs> and I'm excited about these ultimate deals. Now, I before we give our scores, scores for this, I do want to point out that A lot of people are really playing off the ultimate X-Men by Peach Mocha. They're already like writing it off because it's a different style. I'm because these two have hit so well. (laughs) I I was already kind of interested in the Peach Mocha stuff. I didn't read the Demon Days thing, but I Uh do think the art is kind of interesting and it does look a lot like a manga type thing as well. But I was interested because, hey, it's new. I could jump in. I like that. But after these two, I'm like, I'm definitely looking forward to it because these two have been so good. What would you give this? I'm going really high. I'm going to go 9.5. I like it a lot. I'm going 9 just because I'm waiting to see how it is. But I like it.
1: It's, you're right. I'm charged up only because it's been such so, a so long time since a good Black Panther comic. And it just I just want to read the next issue already. And it's
0: been a while since I've, that's happened. It almost feels like it's really spelled out to Let's do some really good things for these books that people have kind of, you know, gone off. It of just shows it you works. that a
1: reboot can be done correctly if handled, or, you know, in yeah. good hands. Because you you still remember stuff that happened, but there's new things that surprise you along the way, and it's just it's awesome.
0: And that's the cool stuff. A lot of times in a regular continuity, what can you surprise people with? You Can't. Yeah. A lot of times these characters have been around too long, and actually, when they do. Sometimes it's like done just to surprise and it doesn't make sense for the character of the story. You end up having something that's completely ridiculous only because we've seen it all and you want to end yep. up, oh, let's lip you know, take a look at this or we'll do this and it's more for shock value. Yeah, than just anything. a subtle
1: shift here and there makes
0: all the difference, I think. I think this is a really good Black Panther story, a start. The art's really good as well.
1: Oh, I was gonna say too, that's part of the score. I mean it's it's incredible. And the I mean, colors yeah. are really good. I
0: like the how the costume designs pop. and, yeah, and it's all good. The camera angles. And it's a little oversized. And I went through it so quick because I thought it was so good. that by the end I wanted more but that doesn't mean that I didn't get enough in the issue. I, if anything, some people might, well, not that much happens, but things happen.
1: Hey, I want to read the next issue. That's To me, that's a, that, That's how I judge a comic book a lot of times.
0: In the Marvel side of things or even the whole landscape of the big two, there's not a ton of books that I need to read the next issue. I'll read them and I'll review them, but me really wanting to. Yep. By the end of something. And I, I mean, I'm telling you, I think people could even tell when we talk about books, sometimes we probably do sound like, yeah, here we go. <laughs> like, yeah, we'll try to have fun, but this was exciting. I really liked it. And I'm, I'm in for the, the long haul, hopefully. And I'm looking forward to the X-Men thing next by Peach Moco to see if it continues the quality, but we'll move on. Now we have to move on to the other books. I don't want to now. I want to stick with this. <laughs> do we have a, do we have a preview copy of the next issue? But we'll move on. With the next book And that next book is Doctor Strange Number 12 Written by Jed McKay art Guest art by Danilo S. abey Guest color artist K.J. Diaz And letters by V.C.'s Corey Petit He's not a guest letterer He's the normal letterer mm-hmm. And this is a a bat story But not as I thought it would be And I, I, yeah, can I give different. credit for that I thought yeah. this was going to be Batch just walking around a la Pizza Dog, a la what we just even got with Streaky the Cat and Power Girl. This is a little more than that, but it's still strange. It's kind of funny to say that in a Dr. Strange book, but it's odd because (laughs) it becomes a Victor Strange story. And if you aren't aware, Victor Strange is Stephen Strange's brother who ended up getting hit by a bus at one point. They've they've had their issues with each other, and, and you ended up where they... You know, they were at odds with each other, and then Victor died, but then Stephen brings him back, but then he ends up being a vampire, then he gets sent into the Crypt of Shadows. It's all this crazy stuff. Oh, yeah, the weird yeah. thing, Yeah, the weird thing about it, though, is, is that most of this recently, because Victor Strange is making some weird comeback here, but it's mostly with Al Ewing. Al Ewing ended up having a Victor Strange Infinity comic, and then in what was the Crypt of Shadows that came out recently we did not review it on the podcast i did read it i think i did too <laughs> i forgot all about it, it and too. then i'm sitting there like something feels like i i know this and that's what victor strange was in that in the main story by al ewing you know talking about being in the mirror talking about these you know stories and what the different stories and i'm like well i get it because victor strange obviously is connected with steven strange but why here why and why is it jed mckay doing this and then by the end it felt weird like it's just to continue the story and then just kind of leave it aside i don't know when if we'll come back to it but at the moment we're going to end this thing with bats being in the crypt of shadows in the mirror and that's got to be something that steven will look into those mm-hmm. snakes they they can suck it those those snakes are the worst and it's funny because even in this issue you'll even tie in some black cat stuff that we had before and the only thing I really remember from that is how much of jerks the snakes were so it Worked out but I just don't get I don't get this whole play except For the idea that maybe Jed McKay With the Moon Knight stuff in the Avengers maybe You know maybe he needs Some time or something because this felt Weird to then go to the next couple of issues That are again going to be these kind of side issues, but we keep getting this. And Black Cat's in the
1: next issue. It looks like,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah. So we end up, and that's going to be something with a video <laughs> game today. And that's the weird play is it's the Jed Jed McKay verse. Yeah, when you end this and it says, "Meet the Secret Defenders," the sentient role playing game has transformed New York City into a fantasy world. Somebody, if you you have time, go and read the next couple issues of Power Girl by Leah Williams that just had a streaky. The cat- same thing. I don't get it. You have an animal issue and then lead into this video game stuff. I think somebody's, you know, using each other's notes. But the issue itself, not going to have that much to say about it. Bats is on the case. Stephen Strange seems like a jerk. I mean, he's really distracted. He doesn't want to listen to Bats about everything or anything. While Clea is mad because they happen to mention Black Cat. <laughs> I'm like, what is going on here? And conveniently. You end up having mindless ones on Broadway. Clea and Dr. Strange leave after Bat said, I kind of sense something going on here in the Sanctum Sanctorum. And Stephen Strange says, I would know if somebody. Yeah, nothing's happening. Nobody. I, I know everything. Dr. Strange should know better because he almost, that, that phrase that he says is almost a monkey paw phrase. When he says, I would know if somebody entered. Well, it's because something has gone wrong with somebody who was already there. And it's Victor. So Stephen is telling the truth Didn't feel anybody entering But it's Victor You know, up to no good Bats is on the case The snakes end up being there And the snakes do drive me nuts But they kind of are funny <laughs> Because that's what they are They At one point they're like We like lying that, That's kind of what we do It is true That's all they do But they end up almost teaming up with Bats uh, But one of the snakes has disappeared and that's when you really have to get down to the nitty gritty of something is wrong here. Let's go. And the snakes are Anton and Alistair, by the way. Oh, so yeah. Bats is, you know, on the case. He's sniffing around. He thinks something's wrong. Doctor Strange doesn't listen. The snakes actually even told Doctor Strange, hey, I think something's wrong. One of, you know, my brother here, he's not, and he didn't want any parts of them either. Uh, at the beginning, you even have the weird thing of going from one to the other. You have them you know, yelling the Vishanti. It's like there's a lot of stuff just thrown in an, an issue that really doesn't do that much except mm-hmm. by the end, they do end up finding out that it's this shadowy figure. It ends up being Victor Strange. I I don't know how much more, you know, we could go about it or He's like wearing like a gimp
1: suit or something. I don't know what he's got on. And then he rips out of it.
0: And you almost have the thing because he's in the mirror deal of the Crypt of <laughs> Shadows, and like here we go, backwards you saw that, right? I was thinking, like, oh god, oh, you son of a gun! But, but he only it, does it for a little, and it's yeah. the reflection that he has. But they end up they they are drawn towards the mirror. But again, it's very quick. It's the you know, Alistair Stake with bats, who then go and find the mirror and see Anton in the mirror. And then kind of get duped and pushed in the mirror. You see,
1: bats, uh, that drove you nuts too. Bats, uh, mouth in this, right? In yeah. Man?
0: That's, I told you that I don't like. And this is Beirut did it before. And I don't uh-huh. like that, like too real. It's, it's <laughs> wonky. Uh, so you end up where bats was right. He ends up seeing this and you do get some classic looking things that when my name is Victor Strange and he's ripping off that weird costume of shadows, maybe it's so odd, but that's like classic look of Victor. Vampire ghost says Pirate. at one point that, I think I can bite you in the neck there Because I'm a ghost too I'm like I don't think that's how it works there Victor But you could give it a shot But really his thing is he wants to Get out of the crypt of shadows It's not really explained exactly what he does Like hey I gotta put you in for me to get out But he does push them in So that he can go and cause trouble and that's about it. I mean, the big thing is that, oh no, the ghost of Victor Strange is out and about. He's escaped the Crypt of Shadows. I wonder what he'll do. That's it. And Stephen wakes up the next morning. I wonder where bats and those snakes are. They're kind of a pain in the butt. And then you see bats and the snakes are stuck in the mirror. As I love where you have Dr. Strange just walk by and dove. he doesn't even look in there. But there you go. The end. And then it says, next issue, we're going to have a crazy team. And again, you're going to throw in some Jed McKay stuff. You have, you have Hunter's Moon and Black Cat teaming mm-hmm. up with Taskmaster and Doctor Strange to go and fight in a sentient role playing game that's transformed New York City into a fantasy world. Okay. It might be fun, but from the stuff with General Strange,
1: we're in that holding pattern that we talked about until, uh, the next Last thing.
0: issue was even oh, like, what is going on? Why are you doing this? What is happening? Are you are you stretched too thin? And these are the easy way out. But you still have to write the issues and things like that. Or are they waiting for something bigger? That's going to wasn't be-
1: it Dr. Doom becoming Dr. Strange or something. Yeah, that's or what Sorcerer we had Supreme? in
0: the timeless deal where yeah. it looked like that was going to be. And I mean, remember, we had a couple issues ago, two issues ago with the end of the general strange deal. It looked like this book was canceled. It looked like it was at least on a hiatus. You thought that we wouldn't get back to it (laughs) until June or July. I still maintain that fact. It it, wasn't weird. It was like, thanks, everybody, for supporting the book. Yeah. We'll see you later with a new Doctor Strange. You're like, what the crap? And we we were talking. I'm like, I see the solicits, but these solicits aren't really convincing me that we have anything going on. But if you're going to have a big change, and like you said, in the Timeless issue, it looked like the future was Doctor Doom as Stephen you're not going to start anything really important or new before we get to that, because you know that... And that
1: would be a new number one anyway, I'm sure. Yeah,
0: so it's weird how we do this and how we're playing it, but maybe this all will lead into it, but I don't know. Poor Bats, he's like barking in the mirror, but you can't hear anybody from the mirror. So. It's so <laughs> crazy, but hey, what's going to happen with Victor? How's this going to tie in? I don't know. But the next issue will be a little bit of a side deal, too. Remember last issue, I I was desperately trying. That's how much I didn't care. But it was Clea's new little sister at the amusement park, walking around and, you know, almost, you know, doing weird things. The last issue meant nothing. I actually think that this one's a little better. But I think that the, the play will be that people will probably get into this and like, what is going on with this book? But it's OK. It just doesn't. Do much. It's very no. cool. But what would you give it?
1: It's a tough one to score, man. I I I, I just a six, like a six-five. Yeah, I think six, I might I think. be a
0: six-five. I you. Yeah. I, I guess I'd, I could go there with you. You know what's weird too? Because we didn't like the deal. Remember those side characters that were just wacky? Like a lot of people had fun with it, but we were mm-hmm. kind of thrown off by it. I think this is less fun. And maybe that's why I'm like, okay, well, something big could come from I don't know. Because I think we gave that last one a pretty low score, but I'll I'll go six five. Maybe uh, six five for this Maybe item.
1: General Strange will f- kill off uh Victor Strange. Maybe yeah. Something remember like that. you want
0: it more of. You know, but again, <laughs> this is the weird play, and it, this might go over a lot of people's heads if you're not reading a lot of the DC stuff and reading. A Power Girl that not many people are reading But it seems to have this weird synergy Because we had General Strange And he just kind of like, well, we'll see what happens And I said, I don't know what they're going to do with him He's going to be hanging around Remember we kept talking In the Power Girl book At the moment you end up having Kalex That is controlled by the symbiote But that's kind of shoved aside To then get an animal issue To then go to a Senia role-playing game I don't get it Why are they so similar? I think one's a little better than the other, (laughs) and I'm talking, Dr. Strange is a little better, but not a book I hear a lot of people talking about, but we'll move on from there. Quick review there, we'll move on to the last book that me and you are going to talk about. And the last book me and you will talk about is Daredevil Gang War number three, three of four. I forgot there was four issues, and while I was reading this, I'm like, you better get to something here. But it is (laughs) written by Erica Schultz, pencils by Sergio de Villa inks by Sean Parsons, colors by C.C. De La Cruz, letters by V.C.'s Clayton Coles. And the big thing in this whole deal was that we have Bologna, one of the Wolverine clones that kind of hooked in with X-23, Laura and Gabby. You know, as we say, Honey Badger. Honey Badger don't care. I don't go with <laughs> Scout. I don't no, even we say don't like that Scout nonsense with no. me. I actually, what I really liked about Honey Badger, the name... Was that it drove so many people nuts That <laughs> I actually thought it was cool Because I like I like Gabby I love Gabby, I think Gabby's a great yep. character A lot of people don't like her But it was just fun to like nail in With that honey bear. Scout's just so Ridiculously not good But mm-hmm. there we are, but we have Bologna Here and I thought it was a really cool thing because when she first showed up, and if I'm not mistaken, me and you, this is a weird book. I think me and you might have done the first issue. We did the then, first
1: one and then Gray did the second yeah, one. Yeah, then me you. and Gray
0: did the second one. And me and you didn't know who this villain was. Not we at didn't first, know no. it was Bologna. We just ended up we thought it would look a lot like, you know, a Rob Liefeld Yeah, like Major X or something. <laughs> looked like that. And then when I read the second issue, I was like holy crap, when I realized, once you pop the two claws, I see what's going on. I'm like, this is one of the clones. This is one of the sisters. And I ended up getting a hold of you, and I really liked the idea of her showing up. Yeah, it doesn't really mean much to the whole gang war, but her being kind of assassin for hire from Madame Mask, I thought, okay, that's really out of nowhere. I didn't expect it, so it was cool. It was something different. So we get into this issue, and it feels like it's almost like telling a joke and then explaining the joke. I thought the coolness was her just showing up. But in this, you have her explain everything. I get that you want people to know, but it felt over the top. And it was in an issue, this issue, that really doesn't do much. What we know going on in The Amazing Spider-Man is that both, you know, Madame Mas's side versus Tombstone and his side, they're meeting up in Central Park. They're going to fight. They're going to take it, you know, all that. And that's all this issue is, is to set up, hey, we're going to head off to Central Park and fight. And I don't know. It didn't feel like it was that important. It felt like really a side deal, which a tie-in often does. But you just don't do much. You end up having Owsley at the beginning go to Madame Mass say, hey, what's going on? You know, hey, you're doing this. And they kind of come at odds. And you have Bologna step up and is going to fight Owsley kind of kicks his ass and i do like that you have the play where alice just like oh look at this girl like and all of a sudden when she pops the two clothes he's like (laughs) oh crap at one point even says hey madame s don't you fight your own battles and she says no and then they just fight but not much going on except then that alice gets thrown into this jail cell that has count Nefaria, silvermane and hammerhead all the people have kind of you know, done wrong to Madam Mask At least uh-huh. in this and before So you have them there Alright, but we kind of saw them In Central Park, so yeah We got that They're going to end up in Central Park somehow Because they get out of this I, cell. I guess And we said they'll get controlled by the discs, Things like that, but again I think the
1: owl was there too
0: Yeah, I think that all of this is just the setup to Hey, we had these characters and Oh no, like it almost feels like you're writing a story And then somebody gets a hold of you Oh, by the way Five Of the characters and they have to be Oh crap so you end up Just having this weird aside to begin With like okay they're there We'll make it work but then you want to Center on Electra and And Bologna but in this whole Tie-in deal It has just been Electra showing up remember The first issue was Electra shows up and a Guy ends up having A cannon arm yeah
1: scarf or Something he's not even in this issue no
0: Because he got that cut off so (laughs) It has been a continuous of Electra showing up to fight Bologna to not really fight to be continued later. And that happens again, where you have Bologna there and Electra after getting a hold of She-Hulk in a really, really odd.
1: That's the obligatory She-Hulk scene in every issue of this.
0: The weirdest thing of this is Erica Schultz. Maybe I could give her credit. Plays it off as if she doesn't want to do this. So Electra calls up Jen, says, "Hey, Electra, it's Jen." Or Jen calls, you know, who's Jen? I guess it is. She Hulk calls up Electra. Hey, this is Jen. Which Jen? You know, Jen Walters, She Hulk. Oh yeah, there's so many of you. I, like it doesn't. It's nothing. And then, hey, we're gonna meet up. Okay, I'm gonna bash this guy <laughs> into a wall, and uh, let's get going. But they they play it off. They don't know each other. But then She-Hulk's like, man, that that chick's really serious all the yeah. time. I'm like, what is going on here? Like it, you said, it's the obligatory let's get She-Hulk. She's like in every time. Yeah, basically. it doesn't need to be. No. There's nothing that really goes on. It's just, what's your, I love that. Hey, uh, by the way, what's your status? Uh, One second. I'm pretty good. All right, see you later. That's what it is. It, it's nothing. And then you get, remember, it's gang war. So at one point you have Madame Mask. Remember, Madame Mask is the one that we said actually has the MO for gang war that we can get behind. She just wants the city to burn. That's it. And Mm -hmm. she's actually happy. The city's burning. And so what you do with the lecture now, because what else do you have for her to do? She goes and helps uh, a family, a family who isn't getting attacked by a just getting attacked by looters who are trying to steal their car. As this family tries to get out of New York City. I mean, City. more
1: power to this guy with a bat trying to defend his car, but this guy's got a Uzi. I, I don't know what – I just would give him – I'd be like, whatever you want, man.
0: I'm just wondering because at this point, like, just get in the car. Just get – I liked to <laughs> – where they're there. How big a pair of glasses does that one kid have? I mean, oh holy my God. crap. I mean, these things are humongous. It's like Amazing Spider-Man number one Peter Parker size glasses. That's what it looks like. I'm like, look at that kid. Look at them glasses. It made me giggle the whole time. Plus, it looks like the guy with the bat has like a knockoff New York Yankees hat. It's like the worst hat ever. I'm like, "Eh, that's a knockoff deal. So they're there and, you know, they're, hey, you're not (laughs) going to take our car. I'm really. And. It plays off a little too much. Like, there's guys with the loosies. There's guys. And also, he doesn't, this bats. guy doesn't
1: really fit into New York City vibe. He's he, like a lumberjack. Yeah, he looks like look. a
0: lumberjack, right? So he's <laughs> yeah. there. Also, like, you can't even say to the one guy, that's not a knife, because it's a knife. I mean, this thing's huge. You see that guy, like, they are all converging on this guy for just this car that, I'm telling you, it's not like a, a souped up Ferrari here. I don't even know why, what they're it's going like a after minivan here. Yeah, it looks like a van with a bunch of their luggage in it, and they're like protecting their stuff. Like, like just get out of there! It's
1: just these two, just two dudes with their kids, and it's like, just leave me. I mean, nobody would attack them. There's no way. It's so nothing. It makes no
0: sense. It is uh, Erica Schultz, who has been told in my mind, you can't do anything because everybody's heading to Central Park. Everybody is. So you have random looters trying to attack a family with a minivan. Electra shows up because, hey, I'm here to protect Hell's Kitchen. I'm here to protect New York City. Hey, all you looters, get the hell out of here. And now you go the opposite because you set up the idea where, okay, these, this, they shouldn't fight back. at U- Electra gets involved. They're all going to die. Then the guy with the bat, he gets involved too. Well, it's, gets- it's funny
1: because if you look at that page with Electra jumping out and all the looters underneath her, yeah, it looks like the guy with the bat is a looter too. <laughs> yeah, it does.
0: That'd be funny if she gets <laughs> fits that right guy. in. I'm telling you, you have Mohawk guy. Like, it's so generic. It's just generic looters that are going to cause trouble for some reason with this family that they seem to really want to upset. Uh, so Electra comes in, and it's just so surface level. They they fight at one point. You end up where Electra says, "Watch your six. And throws the say That is going to be a catchphrase now (laughs) That's so stupid Uh, And she ends up taking down these looters They all go away And then you have this minivan Which I swear to god is now parked At a different spot it doesn't even look like now it's in a parking lot, but they may have driven. It just doesn't make now sense. It's like a me. station
1: wagon. Man,
0: yeah, now just and they're in a thing at one point, I don't even know why, but they were parked in like the worst alley ever. And now they're in a parking lot. Yeah. Now they're in a parking lot. Doesn't seem like they drove anywhere. You may tell me that they did, but I don't think they did. Then at, at a point, gla- these glasses, this kid's like, <laughs> hey, that's neat, and tries to get the say. And she's like, oh, she starts doing tricks. With the weapons, (laughs) it looks like
1: John Romita Jr. took over these couple pages. Those bobbleheads with the big
0: bobbleheads. All of a sudden. (laughs) Electra turns into like Chris Angel, she's mind freaking them by twirling oh, yeah. the Says around which really is that or Tommy Lee. Meanwhile, she just killed like three dudes with this. Yeah, those she Cays. just killed all these guys in front, it looks like. <laughs> and also like
1: Chris Angel, Tommy Lee. I mean That's how she cleans the blood off. She just swings it around.
0: Spraying them. They're <laughs> hepatitis gonna get hepatitis, is right? She's like, Look at this. I am telling you, she's playing tricks with the sais, and they're like, Man, that's awesome, that's awesome. Then she says, Oh, by the way, they're weapons. All right, (laughs) then then you have these guys there. They're like, it's a weird play because they did get saved by Electra. She ends up saying, "Okay." and the guy, the guy with the bat, the lumberjack, he says, thanks for having our backs. Electra says, let's try to get you all to and she wants to get them out of the city. She actually asked earlier, hey, is everybody out of the city? These people seem to have waited too long. Some people can't get out. It's it's the same thing if you had any sort of disaster. But this guy, the lumberjack guy says, thanks for having our backs. Then all of a sudden, Johnny Baldhead starts throwing shade at Electra. If number one, if I'm lumberjack, I'd say she just saved us. Stop it. You know, (laughs) but he's like, you know, this is all your fault, right? You heroes in quotes are the reason why New York always burns. Well, that's fine and all, but the lumberjack guy just said, thanks for having our backs, and they were safe. So then the lumberjack then kneels to the kids and says, look, I know you all mean well, but Hell's Kitchen looks worse than when I was in Fallujah. That's why we were trying to get it. Like, why is he saying this to the kids? And he just thanked Electra. Makes no (laughs) sense. None of this makes sense, except maybe (laughs) the idea that she's doing crazy tricks and blood splattering everywhere. It's so great. I wanted the guys to, like... Close your mouth, kids. Don't get that, that guy blood looks, in there. These looters he, looked a little sus, right?
1: Yeah, he looks like a lot like uh, when you look at older pictures of, like, Larry David. <laughs> <laughs> Larry David when he was, like, 25 and he <laughs> was completely bald. He does he looks look like,
2: like a, <laughs> it's Larry David and,
0: uh, I don't know, the lumberjack guy. Uh, and, and then they're, like, crossing their arms, throwing shit. But it, you go from, hey, thanks a lot, to you heroes are the worst. To magic tricks with the taste <laughs> to them, like, and then she says again, like, all right, well, I'll try to get you out. You have that kid with the glasses. This kid, he it's going to end up where he's going to go get some knives or something, and he's going to end up killing himself.
1: He's a little too interested in it. Also, he's going to have neck problems with those glasses, I mean, and and, and how are his glasses bigger than his dad's? They're twice as big.
0: I'm telling you, this kid could see into the future with those things. <laughs> so and, and what he sees is everybody heading to Central Park is we get. So out of all this, you're like, all right, what, what's going on? All of a sudden a knife comes flying in, misses them all, but then hits the car right into the gas in, tank in the gas tank and, and gas is leaking out. I don't even think that even works the way that it's going. I thought the car's gonna blow up. But you end up, and I think it might actually, because they are running from an explosion. So now they can't get out. But it's Bologna there for no reason doing what she just did. They all run. When they run out of the scene, just she says, get your kids and leave. This guy, lumberjack bat guy, New York Yankees fan, which also I'll have to say, that bat at points looks like a cricket bat, but then also looks like what you would have when you play wiffle ball. That you have that huge, yeah, giant. Yeah, it's like that bat. big red one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like a wiffle ball bat,
1: like the big fat wiffle ball bat. Yeah,
0: I, I hate it. Those. I just you you play it. I always normal. had them around, but I don't know where they came from. Yeah, they were from. nonsense. You yeah, need that. that's for, <laughs> you know that's for losers. But yeah, he's got that. I'm like, where did you get this bat? It's a yeah, it got big. So he's gonna help out, and then so you keep getting this back and forth. And Electra's like, no, 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 please take care of them have their backs meaning the kids where i do think because you do see the city's on fire but they were i think the car blew up all their stuff's gone but they're gonna run off with glasses kid poor other kid doesn't really get much of a play no it's all about glasses kid in this one they go running off to really and glass oh no the other kid's waving and oh no, it is glasses it's a, they run off though and you realize yeah, none of that matters. None of what we had. It's just so goofy. It also looks and like idea. they're on a,
1: on a parked on top of a building. Yeah, guess, now they, they're... what
0: happened to the scene? How did the scene <laughs> morph into this? The, the magic tricks weren't the same. The magic tricks were tele, you know, going through teleportation of, of scenes. They were in an alley at one point yes. with that car. Now they look like they're on the top of a parking garage. Yep. And there's tons of other cars around which weren't, there. it doesn't make sense, but you end up now, it's gonna be a fight between Bologna and Electra says, Oh, it's between us. I don't like you. Where's the L? Why are you involved? And then Bologna just is like, hey, let's go, you know, tell my life story, which I thought at the end Electra's gonna be like, All right there, Encyclopedia Britannica. I didn't need the whole entry there, Wikipedia.
2: Mm-hmm. She
0: goes in to tell you, and if you do know the character, which was the cool play of, Oh my god, it's Bologna, you know all this. And it's so just surface level, and not once does it give you an editor's note to where you would go and read Tom Taylor's all-new Wolverine, which is what this was all from, and pretty good. I really like that story. That's where you get our favorite How Honey you bad Badger. You don't care. So you end up at the end, then Electra goes, oh, you know what? I've been duped and used, too. High five. Let's keep fighting. To then only Bologna say... Yeah, I don't think we should fight right now. Smoke pellet and I'm out. I don't know why this issue exists. And then all of a sudden you get the call. Hey, by the way, Electra, meet us in Central Park. I'll meet you there. Boom. Yeah, from
1: Spider-Man, of course. Yeah,
0: from Spider-Man. I'm like, what? It's not even what happened in this issue. It's what didn't. And what didn't happen was a, a story that made sense or felt big. This issue where people are going to laugh at me because most people said that this whole gang war stuff was nonsense from the beginning i was enjoying this daredevil book as a side thing but this really just shows me again right in my face that none of this matters this gang war is a bomb and i'm not saying it like the kids do that that means it's cool it's not duh bomb it's Mm -mm. just a bomb it's a dud and there's just nothing for these writers to do but yet you give them four issues to do it, and it doesn't really make sense. But I like seeing Bologna, but just nonsense. Yeah, it's probably one
1: or two issues too many, because the first couple were pretty good. I mean, it might wrap it up pretty well in the end.
0: I doubt it, but there I mean, yeah. Yeah, was a lot I, for this. We think that, we guess, at the end, you'll see Electro go off to Central Park, do some little things that'll be more dictated through The Amazing Spider-Man, and then maybe wrap some things up of Hey, we maybe we'll see glasses and they'll, they'll be leaving. Oh, see you later. They're <laughs> on the Arizona Bridge and whatever the deal is. Right? They're getting out.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm happy to see Bologna back if she continues somewhere else. Uh, it's cool. Maybe hooks up back up with
0: Honey Badger somehow. And, you know, there's always hope for that. I thought maybe what you could do, because right now, the thing, the reason I did like this book, again, some people may roll their eyes, but. I like Electra and I don't mind her as Daredevil. I, I prefer Matt, but now she doesn't have anything to do. Matt's Daredevil. He has his own book, and what does Electra get to do? So if you are able and I thought maybe this issue would do it, but maybe we'll go for if she kind of teams up with Bologna, maybe you can have something in some book or whatever where you have something going on like that, where you have them both because again, Electra is that kind of you know anti-hero she is trying to be better since she's been daredevil and yeah bologna who you know was treated like crap and has been one of the you know the the sisters that has gone kind of the dark path and the wrong path maybe throw in gabby maybe you get some things like that again that might be a book only me and you want but it'd be something there's many different ways you could slob yeah yeah in this though it's like I like Elektra, I like Bologna, but boy, you have to have something for them to do, and you don't really have it here, because I think the restrictions are now from the amazing Spider-Man and everybody in Central Park, but we're getting towards the end. Thank God we only have, you know, a couple weeks left. Yeah, this month, that's it. I don't even know what's happening in the gang war. If you sat there and said to me, oh man, who's winning the gang war? I'd say, I, I know who's losing, me and Matt, for having to read it. Like, that seems like the readers are losing. I don't know who's winning. And we know that by the end, probably, it'll just be back to status quo with the things, you know? It's just weird. It's, well, it's, it's
1: interesting, too, because
0: Deadly Hands of Kung Fu only got two issues, so why would not why would this one get four? Yeah, I guess because it's Daredevil, it's a lecture, and they think it's more... Again, one of the things that makes me laugh every time that we do end up having Madame Mask show up, as you said right away, what would she care about New York? She doesn't. She just wants it to burn. So I'm like, okay, but... Is that big enough for things? I just want it to burn. You have Tombstone teaming up. There's going to be
1: a big uh, Tombstone's a hero now. Remember? Yeah, I'll he's there that. with
0: that. Fisk has said, I'm not involved. And that threw out him and his kids, which were interesting, but they're out. I mean, you, you look at the, you know, the map now and you're like, what is ch-? like, I, I've gotten to the point where I'm not even paying attention because it doesn't really change that much. You know, I hope that Mr. Negative and Diamondback are able to you get through this. The heat. Like that was, and the Heat were part of what this book was supposed to be, but then they kind of. Uh, uh, you y- still y- have Al on the map. He's yeah. definitely not yeah, a good Al's thing there, anymore. Like this map all seems outdated. I, like they gave up Caring too, and the, the big thing Janice and the Tombstone Steel. <laughs> <in the matter. laughs> oh God, I'm looking like oh, there's the Five Weapons Society. Like everything is just there because you have books. Not because it makes sense, like Lady Yulan, the Five Weapons Society, Mister Negative ah, stuff them. is is all in the Shang Chi stuff, but that didn't really make sense. And then then you have the spider stuff. I'm like, okay, there's Central Park. Get to Central Park. Get your ass to Mars. But what would you give this?
1: I I, I still continue to like the art a lot in this. Oh I think, yeah, I think uh, the art's I think, really uh, good. It's pretty cool, cartoony, but not over the top cartoony. Um, and uh, probably just six and a half. Just because i think the I'll art, get mainly six.
0: I, I even <laughs> I'm telling you. The cover looks really fun. Like the cover looks like almost yeah, like, that's an like an, old an homage school, to Frank
1: Miller. It says like, it yeah, at the Frank bottom, "Frank
0: Miller deal." It even has like an like an adventure looking. I'm like, okay. And then you get into it. I'm like, I'm gonna see more of what the cover kind of does. Not let's save lumberjack and his family. Yeah, we didn't from need them. looters that and then do tricks with the safe. Yeah. So that's that. Uh, we tried to have fun with it, though. The kid with the glasses and just those magic tricks, that that was pretty good. She's like, hey, you want to see your thumb disappear? And just cuts it off. That'd be <laughs> hilarious. That'd be the best. I, and also should have punched out Larry David Jr., who <laughs> always there is to complain. Always complaining. Just stop complaining and get your kids out of the city. Do it now, you jerks. But And really, if they didn't stop to complain, they probably would have been out of there before Bologna would have come and put a knife through Their whole deal. But that's what you get. That's what you get. Changing sceneries. But that is it for me and you for this week, it seems. We're going to go off to finish things up with Zach talking about Alien. And then I'll be back to tell you what we'll be talking about next week. So thanks, Matt, for joining me. Thanks, everybody. On to Zach.
2: Hey, all you Marvelous Marvelites. Welcome to the Weird Science Marvel podcast. My name is Zach, and today I will be doing a solo review of Alien number four. Now, Alien Number 4 is written by Declan Shalvey with artwork by Andrea Bricardo and colors by Ruth Redman with the flashback art and colors done by Declan Shalvey. Now, this is the final issue of this miniseries titled Descendant, and when we last left off with the series, Jun Yutani and his uh, synth had confronted Dayton and uh, Zasha and had revealed that Dayton is actually descent from the flashback where he released Xenomorph on the Clue Lee mining colony. So that was a really cool reveal. And while that happened, we had also seen the rest of the Weyland-Yutani crew who were trying to salvage the UCSS Boria, get killed by a bunch of xenomorphs. And the resulting explosion of this ship had caused the snow crab from that alien annual last year to awaken beneath the ice. So everything's officially gone to crap, people. (laughs) So we pick back up in this issue where Yutani is gloating to dayton being like oh well you know when i last saw you we threw you in the trash pile and guess what here you are in a trash pile once again it's poetry it rhymes people and and dayton he immediately is like zasha you got to get the heck out of here and june's like oh you're so eager for her to leave why it doesn't make a difference my uh, people are on the surface they will get to her before she can escape and uh, dayton's like i wouldn't be so sure of that you see I'm hooked up to the uh, energy source here, but I'm also hooked up to the rest of the facility. And guess what? I've been monitoring what's going on outside, and things have gone to crap, Jun. All your people are dead. Your excavation's a failure. And then Cole jumps this synth that had punched her last issue, and uh, Jun's me like, oh, nice try, Cole, or whatever your name is. This synth model is made for combat. She is gonna whoop your butt. And indeed, it starts to kick uh, Zasha's butt. And before she can get any more brutal, Dayton somehow uses his severed legs to wrap around her, which is a little, <laughs> it's a little weird because, I mean, they're technically still connected to him because there's these like hoses that he has running from them to his torso. But still, like just the fact that they're able to like get up and jump and wrap around her, I, I don't really understand it. Like, yeah, it's it's a synthetic leg so or synthetic legs. But I still, I don't know. It's it's really weird. But either way, uh, the legs lock the uh, synth in place, so she can't move. And Dayton's me like, "All right, Zasha, now take her out." And so Zasha grabs one of the hoses on the ground, or whatever, wraps it around the synth's uh, throat, and begins to pull as hard as she can downward, like trying to sever the neck or the torso from the uh, synth's legs, and as she's doing it, uh, Dayton's just talking to John. And he's like, here's the thing, John. Unlike you, me and Zasha have been in the dirt. We've worked in it. We've worked our way out of it. We didn't pretend to be something better, like you and your Yutani cousins. Uh, those who didn't consider your family blood thick enough to join the rest of the billionaires. We couldn't buy a better world, so we had to fight for it. And so Zasha pulls with all her strength, and eventually she's able to sever the torso from the synth, and she's immediately taken out. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. I mean, because like, I mean, it's cool visual and all, but like, I I don't know how she's that strong to sever them. But whatever she is, she's able to work hard enough to do it. And somehow it kills her, even though Dayton's literally a severed, uh, (laughs) a severed synth. I don't know. It's, It's a little bit of a jump in logic, but I'll go with it. But, you know, she ain't hooked up to another power source either. But either way, she's out of the picture. She's taken care of. And while that is happening, we go outside where we see the giant crab monster known as the Winter Beast in the uh, little prologue that you read to catch you up on the series. It's called the Winter Beast. Well, the Winter Beast is out there fighting the normal xenomorphs. And she is on the side or it is on the side of the submorphs. And so they're all fighting. And yeah, it's it's really chaotic. You know, all the xenomorphs are jumping on it, you know, stabbing it with their little uh, tongue that shoots out. And the snow crab is just fighting, 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 fighting. And yeah, it's just, it's all about war out there between the two species. Well, we then do a flashback to the Lee mining colony where, you know, Dayton had gotten his arm ripped off, you know, 227-N. And he's starting to crawl away and the even slowly getting closer and closer to him, about to finish the job. And he's like, he's like, oh, I let my curiosity get the better of me. I won't ever make that mistake again. Never. And that's when Joe Nutani walks in with his security team. And he's going to be like, Synth, stand down. This discovery is worth more than a hundred of you. And Dayton's like, no, not same mistake again. And hits a giant red button that (laughs) shoots fire down from the roof and hits the xenomorph. Now, it's a cool visual. It's really cool seeing the xenomorph on fire. What I want to know is why is there just random, like, fire? I don't know what you call it, like... Fire shooters? I don't know what you would call it. Because if you had said, like, oh, it's in the cell to eliminate any uh, specimens that are about to get loose, I'd understand that. This is not in the cell, though. This is in the actual laboratory. If anybody accidentally put something down on that red button, the fire would come down and immediately kill somebody. It's so odd. It's just, it's literally right in the middle of the lab. It's not like, I don't know, it's so weird. But, you know, he immediately kills the alien. And Tony's yelling, no! and Yeah, so we then jump back to the present, and John's like, oh, well, congratulations on destroying my synth. Guess what? I have four more at home. And Dayton's being like, ah, June, you're a long way from home. And guess what? You're still the same now as you was 40 years ago. We all know the truth about you, June. We know you're the black sheep of the Yutani family. You're just one of the cousins, which I did not know that. This is something that I don't think we were told at all in any of the other issues, but apparently he's one of the cousins, and he's the black sheep of the family. But anyway, uh, Dayton's like, yeah, we knew it back on the Lee mining colony that you were doing whatever you could to buy your way back into the family. You were uh, so desperate to get home. It's sad. After all this time, you have nothing to show for it. No real family. And then he Dayton turns to uh, Zasha and he's like, you need to leave now. And she's like, no, I'm not leaving you again. And Dayton tells her, look, this is the end of the line for me. I'm OK with it. I was given a better life than I deserve, all because of you and your parents. And seeing you one more time is the gift I never imagined. But your time is running out. You have to go now. Take Jun's ship so I can keep using your ship to interface with the Descendant in orbit. And she's like, I cannot say goodbye again. He's like, then don't. Just go. And so she starts to run. And so she's running off. The uh, Wonder Beast is still outside fighting the Xenomorphs. And it turns its attention to the keg and just starts running towards it with the Xenomorphs in tow. And it's pretty cool. And then we go back to Jun with Dayton, and Jun's like, okay, so what now? And Dayton's like, oh, well, we just wait for those monsters to come and kill us all. And uh, Jun's like, yeah, that's not happening. Let's make a deal. You're right. I'm a fraud. I'm a Yutani in name. But that doesn't mean I still don't have resources. I am still a very wealthy man, and I have the resources to fix you up. Just get me to a ship, and we'll draw a line under all of this. And Dayton's immediately like, you're a wealthy man. You're not even a human, Jun. Also, in those 30 seconds that you were trying to bargain with me, I armed a nuke from the Descendant, and I launched it. We have eight minutes before we all die in this trash heap. And yeah, so the missile deploys, it's going to impact in eight minutes, and we get this narration again from Zasha. She's like, he's doing it all over again. He's saving me. A A decade later, and he's still saving me. But to what end? I spent my whole life trying to get back here. I'm here now, and what am I doing with my second chance? What is that thing I say to myself? A life without family. And, yeah, so she's like, screw it. No, I can't. I'd rather die with my family than be alone in this universe. And so we then cut back to Jun and Dayton. And Jun's just immediately like, "Uh, screw you, you piece of crap. And he starts beating the crap out of Dayton with his baseball bat. And he's like, you cost me everything. And you think you can still lecture me? I came here to open your brain, to unlock the secrets of these creatures, see whatever you saw all those years ago. Well, we couldn't piece together afterward. I would have had the added benefit of returning my cousin's ship to them, getting in their good graces. But it's all gone to hell because of you and your daughter, who lied her way onto my crew. You're a thief and a liar, and you think you're still better than me, Dayton? That's not even your real name. You don't even have a name. And Dayton just whispers, yes, I do. And, you know, Jones strangles him. Then, uh... Sasha runs in, and she just has a rock with her. (laughs) She has this big rock, and she just hits Joan over the head with it. And she yells, Dad! And it's supposed to be, like, a nice, heartwarming moment. I'm not gonna lie. I didn't really get a feel from it. Because, I mean, like, I see they have a bond. Like, they definitely have a bond. But I don't think they're at that level. I mean, because he just pretended to be her dad for about two or three years in the previous series. Uh, I mean... You you could say it works, but I don't know. It just, to me, it feels a real, because, you know, it's very much like elite words. She's just me like, oh, yeah, you're my dad now. It's like, eh. So, but either way, she hits Joan over the head with a rock, and apparently that kills him. And yeah, yeah, it, that's a really fast wrap up. But we then go back out to outside where the Wonder Beast is, and they're still <laughs> they're still running to the keg. The, you know, the uh, research base that uh, Dayton and Zasha are in. And I don't know why it's taken so long to get there, because when you looked at the last uh, piece of artwork, it looked like they were maybe not even 50 feet away from it, like maybe 100 at best. It should have caught, caught up by now. And there's even a little uh, time thing right there where it's like four minutes to impact. This snow crab or the, the winter beast has been running for four minutes and it still hasn't reached the keg. And maybe you could argue, oh, it's just a perspective issue. That That's possible. But. It looked a lot closer to the keg. It should have been there by now, based on that artwork. But it's running, and next thing you know, something keeps jutting out of the base of its neck, and it stops and it starts screaming. And then we get the chest burster from the alien annual, people, and we don't get to see it yet. <sighs> <laughs> but yeah, so uh, we then go back to the flashback on the Cluely mining colony, and we see Junyutani just being like, oh, this is just a dang disaster. Uh, get that piece of junk out of here and get me his file on my desk first thing tomorrow. It's like, from now on we're not searching for ore or uh any other kind of resources like that. We're only looking for them alien eggs. And they toss Dayton out in the trash and yeah, he gets blasted off. Apparently some ships carrying trash parts. I don't, I don't know. But a ship leaves that moon colony with him in it and then I don't, know. I don't know if it's a year later, a few years later, but in 2184, he's now in the outer room. He's been put back together somehow, and he's very down on his luck. You know, he's just barely scraping by, and, you know, he's trying to get the things he needs to survive when the, uh, the Zahn family comes up. You know, Bataya Zahn and Zasha and their, the dad are like, oh, hey, uh, you need some help? We're looking for somebody to join our crew if you need a job. And that's how we find out Dayton joining their crew, which is cool. Which is really cool. And then we go back to the current day where Zasha and uh, Dayton have killed Jun. And Jun is a synthetic. Woo! I was worried. (laughs) But yes, he is a synthetic in here. But we did get the thing earlier from Dayton where he's like, you're not even human, Jun. So obviously, it's like, okay, yeah. All right. So uh, they have two minutes left. And Dayton's like, why'd you come back? You know, I want you to live. And she's like, well, I don't want to live without you. She's like, I've had plenty of time without you. And it was the hardest part of my life. I came here to find you, and I'm not leaving you again, no matter what. We don't have much time left. I just want to spend it with you. And Dane's like, look at you. Your mother would be so proud. And as they have that last moment together, the Winter Beast crashes into the keg as the chestburster rips out of it. And yeah, so the base is destroyed. All these animals are fine. Everything is just going to crap. You know, it's just all out war. Everybody's dying. Everything is dying. And then all of a sudden, you just see this white start enveloping everything, and that's when the new kids. And then we jump forward a month, and now we're back on Earth, and there's this audio that's playing, and it's the last moments of uh, Zasha and Dayton. And, you know, you could hear Junyutani talking as well, like, right before he got killed by uh, Zasha and Dayton. And we see this old man listening, and if you look around the room he's in, there's a portrait of a young Junyutani with his family, and there's a bunch of baseball wards, a baseball bat, etc, etc. And we see Jun Yutani's hat on the desk, and there's an old man. And something that I forgot to mention, when Zasha killed Jun, she's like, oh, thank God he was a synth. Uh, I was afraid my last act was going to be murdering a man. And then Dayton's like, no, no, he was in charge of the clearly mining colony 40 years ago. There was no way he's still that same age. He was a synth, trust me. And yeah, so this is clearly Jun Yutani. He's an old man now. Now, Here's the thing. He still has a bunch of Wayland Utani stuff. Like, his computer literally says Wayland yutani on it. So, I don't know if he got back into his family's good graces or what. But he's listening to the audio files, and then he ends up deleting them. And all traces of the Descendant mission. I guess maybe he didn't want his family finding out about his failure. I, I don't know. But, either the way, he deletes all of it. It eliminates every trace of that mission. And the last thing we see is... A young Zasha, her mom, and Dayton all, like, basically floating in space. And it's not, like, literal. It's, like, it's just a projection. It's just, like, a, oh, now we're all together again, uh, buried in a silent cold. And that was the narration from Zasha. And it's it's okay. I mean, it's a nice moment. But it's basically saying, hey, the story is over. And overall, I enjoyed the story. And I enjoyed, like, if you were to take Declan Shalvey's whole run together and combine them, you know, both, both miniseries, I enjoyed it overall. Now, that first series, I didn't enjoy as much. But when you add this series on and you mix them together, everything seems to have been resolved. I mean, if there's any plot points left that I can't think of, I don't know. Let me know. But I think everything basically gets resolved. And even though I hate that the characters are dead, I am happy that at least they had a happy ending. So, yeah, overall, enjoyed it. The artwork was really good. Uh, I really liked the flashback art, too. Declan Shelby killed it on that. The story was decent, so if I had to give this single issue a rating, I'm probably going to give it. Mm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go seven point five out of ten. I enjoyed it. If I had to rate this series overall, I think I'd give it a seven. I this was the best alien book I've read from Marvel so far, so I'm really happy about that, and I'm glad that this series made the previous series better. So you know, I do think Declan Shalvey is improving. I know Jim loves to joke that he's my favorite writer. But, you know, if he keeps continuing like this, maybe one day he will be. Maybe one day he will be. But yeah, so that's the end for this Alien series. We are getting an anthology series from Marvel that I do plan on covering. It's called Alien, Black, White, and Blood. And, of course, each issue is going to have three stories of aliens. Now, there will be one main story going between all the issues. I think it's like a five or six issue series. There will be one main story written by Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing. So, I hope they bring their A-game. I really do. But uh, And then all the other stories will just be random creators, so that's cool. Uh, We still got Beware of the Planet of the Apes coming out, and we also have Predator, the last hunt, coming up at the end of February, which I am so excited for. I love the Marvel Predator comics. Yeah, so hopefully we will all enjoy that. But anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. I really appreciate it, and I will talk to you all later. And that's it
0: for this week, and I want to ask everybody, check out the show notes, there's a lot of links. To everything weird science, including our sites for our DC and Marvel stuff, manga things, all of that, all rolled up in the one. And also go and check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science helps us out for what we do here and all our other feeds and things. But if you go to our Patreon, you get a ton of exclusive podcasts. And that means you can only find them on the Patreon stuff with that's Marvel. DC, indie, manga, all that stuff. It is so late right now. I'm looking. It is 2.30 in the morning, right? And I am tired, but I just want to make sure everybody knows how much we appreciate you just checking out the podcast. So thanks a lot. Here are the books that we'll probably try or at least get to maybe, I don't even know what I'm saying, next week. Amazing Spider-Man number 43, continuing The Gang war. Superior Spider-Man number four, something that me... And my men, Matt, are enjoying Vengeance of the Moon, night number two. Remember, it ended with that crazy cliffhanger. Is that Mark Spector? Is it somebody else? Oh, my goodness. Thunderbolts, number three. I don't even know if we'll talk about that, but it is coming out. Miles Morales, Spider-Man, number 16. Again, another gang war issue. Night Thrasher, number one. New number one. It's a one of four. Kind of interesting. We'll see about that in Blade, number eight. So, those are the books that we'll try to get to next week. Tune in and see which ones we do get to. But with all that, thanks, everybody. And I will talk to you all later.
2: You are all weirdos. Weird
0: Science is the revolution. Weird Science
1: is the revolution.